You're listening to another episode of Carte Blanche, the podcast. All the stories you've come to love on a Sunday night, plus some extra content exclusive to the podcast. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. But for now, enjoy today's episode. It was an easy sell, an investment scheme promising a steady income at a fairly low risk. The man behind it all, a well-known and respected member of Johannesburg's Jewish community. But then something went horribly wrong. Investors lost millions, and the man they'd given their savings to disappeared. We try and find out what went wrong. There is something to say about tradition. A kinship built on trust and values. The Johannesburg Jewish community lives by these age-old principles. This is the story of a devout member of that community who betrayed that trust. Accountant Michael David Ash. He struck me as a very religious Jewish Hasidic man. His children had been educated at the Hasidic school in Johannesburg. I thought that he was a financial advisor. You know, he had quotes like, I respect thy father and things like that. I mean, his one son's a rabbi. He was a registered chartered accountant, and on the sideline he does these kind of investments. Think Bernie Madoff, America's biggest Ponzi scheme. Whilst not on that scale, this has similar hallmarks. Somebody using his connections in his community, promising big returns on investments, all the while robbing Peter to pay Paul. As long as there's enough cash to go around, the scam lives on. During 2018, we were approached and advised that there was an alleged Ponzi scheme targeting primarily members of the Jewish community. Financial crimes investigator Chad Thomas confronts fraud daily. It ticked a lot of the boxes of what one would expect in a Ponzi scheme. We were then engaged to investigate the matter. In a close-knit community, reputation is everything. And so when Andy Colley, a divorcee, returned from overseas with a little bit of money, she needed guidance on how to invest it. One name kept coming up. Michael Ash. I had invested my life savings, my retirement benefits, which had been cashed in, and an inheritance with Mr. Ash. His brother married my sister, and this was in the late 1970s. My sister said that he'd been investing money for a large portion of the community in which we live, and that it yielded good returns, and that he was very honest. Did he tell you what he was investing in? No, he said he did bulk investments for many people at a time. We call it an affinity scam. An affinity is an extension of a Ponzi, and that means that the majority of the victims come from a specific community. Sold on a medium-risk investment, Andy took the plunge with her first one and a half million rand. Every month, I got 16,000 rand at first. 
For four years, the interest on her capital flowed in. Come 2018, she topped it up with another half a million. After I had invested the 500,000, it was increased to 19,200 per month, which is about right. But the paperwork was sketchy, no business letterhead, and her investment appeared to be a loan on which she was earning interest. Gaining people's trust, that was easy for Michael Ash to do. After all, his reputation preceded him. But he was much more than that. He was the kind of guy who could work his way into people's homes and their hearts. And that's exactly what he did to the Wadsworths. At first, Ash would become Philip Wadsworth's company accountant, a recommendation through family connections. From an accounting point of view, my company ran beautifully and perfectly. When he presented them with an investment opportunity, they didn't hesitate. After all, Wendy's parents were receiving 50,000 rand a month from their deal with Ash. He spoke about a whole load of things regarding investing the money. He gave you companies. And I, rem I remember one of them was Coca-Cola. I remember that vividly. I certainly knew the talk. So in 2010, their one million rand safely tucked away for five years, promised to grow to just over one and a half million. They planned to buy a house with it. 23rd of September in 2014, we gave him a further 3.4 million. 2015, the moment of truth. Time for their first payout, the one and a half million or so. He reinvested that without consulting with us. And then he said to me, he will help me to get a, a home a new home loan. And that seemed okay to you? We didn't really, I, I didn't really know what to say at the time because he'd sort of spun so many stories around you and, and got your head in such a muddle that all our money was tied up. But then we started to realize he's avoiding us like the plague. Once he had shingles, the once his car broke down, he was avoiding my parents too. The Michael Ash well was running dry. With around 7 million invested, now the 50,000 rand monthly returns her parents, June and Richard Fletcher, were getting simply stopped. This is my pension. And now that 6.7 million has suddenly turned to nothing. Absolutely nothing. A master at the game. Ash reassured his clients with what he told them was a bank-guaranteed check for their invested amounts. But was it worth the paper it was written on? When the payment didn't come in, I surrendered that check. To the bank? To the bank. They said, sorry. Uh, in fact, it was declined. Return to sender. Ultimately, what happens in any Ponzi scheme is they run out of investors. And I think that's what was happening between 2016 and 2018. A lot of people were asking for money and there just wasn't enough in the kitty to pay them. Red flags were everywhere. Andy tried to cash in a separate 100,000 rand investment. Michael Ash didn't honor the deal. Panicked, she appealed to his son, the prominent rabbi Eitan Ash, seen in 2022 with President Cyril Ramaphosa. I draw a lot of inspiration from people like Rabbi Ash. Eitan Ash became involved. He put the 100,000 rand into my bank account saying, I must be very appreciative that he paid it out of his own pocket 
because most people got nothing back. At least she still had her 2 million rand to look forward to maturing in 2019. But in August 2018, her monthly payments stopped. So she called Michael Ash. He told me that his cell phone had been left on the plane to Israel and that he could not release the payment because he could not get the OTP. The yarns kept on spinning. The money was lost in a deal in President Ramaphosa's game farm and, of course, the Steinhoff scandal, South Africa's biggest corporate fraud. Fraudsters always look to what we call black swan events to be able to say, listen, something's gone wrong, we can't pay back your money. With Steinhoff, it became a convenient scapegoat. You've lost everything. I have. He's left me poverty-stricken. Andy fought back. Acting on her behalf, Chad Thomas paid Ash a visit with evidence that he wasn't a registered financial advisor. Did you make the pay to Steinhoff? Let's be honest with one another. Did I make? No. The, 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 what did you invest her money in style? No, no. What happened to her money, sir? It went into a farm with the president. I had a share in his game farm. So let's not be to the I'm not. I'm telling you the truth. Okay, so you did not invest her money in style? No. You told her you did that? I told her I know. I told her I said that the platform went wrong. Okay, so I did. So you misrepresented it back to her. What are we going to do, sir? Well, I'm going to pay her back. Yes, I'm going to give him my I left. I'd given him my business card. And that night, I got a call from his son, Eitan Ash. They all agreed to meet. And then the story just became more bizarre. He said to me, it was a high-risk, high-return lending scheme. Did he concede that this was illegal? Just in the fact that he's now talking about having a lending book and he's not registered to the national credit regulator is an admission of doing something untowards but what was strange again is he couldn't provide me with the debtor's book michael ash paid andy thirty thousand rand then sent her a settlement offer but only for half of her two million rand capital amount but here's the rub she had paid tax to the tune of three hundred thousand rand on what she thought were earnings and I didn't want to accept this paltry offer. I wanted to take it further. And did you? I did indeed. During our investigation, we found out that there could be upwards of 40 victims. And in total, we represented about eight parties. By the end of our investigation, we looked at close to about 100 million rand that we believe had been misappropriated through misrepresentations. Joining the fight back, the Wadsworths, but it had come at a heavy price. The stress took its toll on Wendy. What was the hardest part for you? <clears throat> We've been to hell and back with the health. I'm sorry. We've managed to get through it. Um, she's, you know, she's not as, nowhere near as bad as what she, what she used to be. And the ultimate heartache, the loss of a beloved mom and wife. June Fletcher passed away with their nest egg plundered. The word was out. In early 2019, Michael Ash left for Israel and Andy's settlement offer seemed off the table. By June, we realized Michael's not coming back. 
So the only avenue left was to lay criminal charges against Michael Ash. Rabbi Eitan Ash refused to answer our questions, but responded that he's always conducted himself appropriately in matters concerning his father and that they are estranged. We've been unable to make contact with Michael Ash in Israel, but his victims live in hope that the authorities will catch up with him. He's a liar, a cheat, a thief. In fact, I would call him evil. He should be stripped bare naked, put in an orange suit and locked up alive. Max prison, bread and water. Simple as that. That time may come. But for now, the one thing Michael Ash does have over Bernie Madoff, he's managed to escape. It's one thing falling for an investment scheme managed by a complete stranger. But when an investor comes highly recommended by family, friends and neighbors, well, that makes spotting a potential scam that much harder. Thanks for listening. In case you missed any of our earlier episodes, you can find them all now on Spotify and all other major platforms. Also, head on over to the Carte Blanche website for more insightful content.